0: Welcome to Season 9 of the Lit and Lucid Podcast. Here are your hosts, Lucy and Jared.
1: Welcome everybody to the Lit and Lucid Podcast. We are here recording episode 96. Today we have special guest, Elise McDonough. She is the brand manager of confections at Canna Craft in California. She's an 18-year veteran in the cannabis industry, the author of Vice's Bong Appetit Cookbook and High Times Cannabis Cookbook, as well as Marijuana for Everyone. She's reviewed over 500 THC-infused products and dined on many specialties from underground chefs. So to say she's an expert in edibles is an understatement. Um, It sounds like she's been doing all things cannabis for many years, much longer than most people we've talked to on our podcast today, so we're very excited to have you here on the show. Welcome, Elise. Thanks for having me. I'm great. I'm glad to be here.
2: Yeah, yeah, and I know um edibles, as we discussed in the pre-show, are, are kind of a hot topic right now, and I think a lot of new people are probably finding their way into edibles. I think a lot of other folks are discovering some new creative ways to get kind of crazy with edibles with all the you know we we all got a lot of at home time now. Um we don't have any, as many events as, as we can you want to go to. Uh, and then COVID and everything else with everything going on has really forced a lot of people inside and, and they can't partake in their normal rituals. So we thought it's a really cool time and a perfect time really to discuss with an edibles expert and discuss all things edible. So I'm uh, super stoked to have you on and I think our listeners are going to have a really fun time today.
0: Yeah, definitely. Yeah, we can talk about all things relating to cannabis and food and it's A very interesting time when those things intersect.
1: (laughs) Absolutely. Well, let's just get started. Why don't you explain to the listeners how you got into the industry and where you're at today? Sure. I I started at High
0: Times in uh, 2002 when I had graduated from the School of Visual Arts in New York City, and I worked my way up through the art department, and um, I eventually became their first ever edibles editor, and I wrote the official High Times Cannabis Cookbook for them, and I moved to California in 2010, and we brought the cannabis cup to the United States, and we started in San Francisco and expanded to Denver and L.A. and Michigan, uh, Seattle, so I had a chance to really see the evolving edibles industry in all of those different markets, at a very pivotal time when the industry is transforming from being you know, primarily an activist-based movement to a tightly regulated consumer packaged goods. Um, so it's been really interesting to have tasted all of the products all along that time and um, see how it adapted to become more mainstream.
1: So you went from like pot brownies to, you know, top chefs using fancy chocolate from France and their edibles.
0: Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I think that the High Times Cannabis Cookbook was the first time that someone had said, we're going beyond brownies. (laughs) And um, yeah, that was like the big uh, PR push behind the book was we're going to go beyond brownies. And we did a lot of savory recipes and a lot of recipes that had been contributed to High Times over the years. And then you really see that you can make whatever you can imagine, basically, and infuse cannabis into it. And it's a lot easier if that recipe contains some fat and um, it's limitless limitless possibilities. And so the reason that it kind of started as a dessert thing and why most people associate cannabis-infused foods with desserts is that there's traditional recipes that go back thousands of years in Middle Eastern culture and Indian culture. um, There's a recipe called Majoon, which Mm -hmm. uh, is a Middle Eastern recipe. It's basically like a a date and fig sort of energy ball that's uh, with a bunch of crushed up nuts and uh, hash and butter. Um, So the sugar really helps you feel higher faster and when you also when you pair cannabis and sugar with chocolate, the chemicals that are in the chocolate also support that experience and um, you know give you some really good feelings with all the chemistry that's going on in your body. So, it, also there's a longstanding tradition of things like chocolate and peanut butter being used pretty effectively to cover up the
1: flavors of cannabis. So when somebody is making an edible at home, kind of just run us through, you know, the quick process of what they would need to get that done. Sure, sure. I mean, what I like to say is that it's really easy to cook with
0: cannabis at, at home, but it's difficult to dose it precisely. Um, some people are able to do it if you work with the same starting material and you refine your techniques and you take notes and, um, you know, take a scientific approach to it. But um, cannabis as a herbal plant medicine, it has so much variability inside of it. So when you're cooking with it at home and if you are someone who's sensitive to it and you're really concerned about your tolerance level or the dose that you're trying to achieve, um, there's some study that's involved first. But if you're just trying to get high and have a good time and you already know how edibles will affect you and you know what your tolerance levels are, Um, then you can really just be a little more loose with it and have some fun. So the first step would be to either procure your cannabis um, from a licensed source, hopefully, or if you're in a prohibition state from from somebody that's trustworthy. And then you would start with that dried flour and you would grind it up and um, you'd infuse it with a little bit of fat. You could use butter or coconut oil or whatever you'd like. And then you go ahead and, and use that infused fat to... Put into any kind of recipe that calls for butter or oil or coconut oil or whatever you're working with. Um, so that's like the very, very basics right there. And it's funny because I have a lot of like historical cookbooks and, and materials that go back to the 70s. And some of the most common mistakes are that people would just take the herb, the dried flour, and they would just grind it up and they would just like throw it in like a boxed brownie mix, like everything. And so that will get you high, for sure. It tastes pretty weedy, and it will definitely get you the fiber that has been missing out of your diet. Um, But for most people, that's not what you want to do. You want to uh, simmer the ground-up flour with your fat, and then you strain the mixture through cheesecloth so that you're removing the plant matter um, so it's not actually in the finished infusion. And that usually tastes a lot better and uh, agrees with people more.
2: So let's hear it from you because it's it's a big debate with edibles and and such and, and users and everybody kind of all goes all over the place with it. But do you enjoy the taste of cannabis in your infused edibles?
0: It's interesting to have the option. It didn't used to be an option. True, <laughs> it used to yes. be that you would just always taste it in there. Um, so now with modern manufacturing techniques and um, chemistry. You can isolate the cannabinoids and create these you know, tasteless ways of making infusions. Um, I personally, mentally, I like to taste it because then I connect that with the fact that I'm going to get high. And I don't lose track of the fact that, hey, I'm just eating some really tasty chocolate here. Um, I feel like when you taste the cannabis, it just helps you mentally connect with the experience that's going to result. Um, That said, the flavor of flour is not really that great. Um, It's pretty herbaceous. It's, you know, it's pretty grassy Mm -hmm. due to the chlorophyll that's in the, in the flour. So it's better sometimes if you use it in savory applications, like it seems counterintuitive Mm -hmm. to how most people think of edibles. But if you're working with the dried flour, I really recommend um, making something like a chimichurri or making a pesto or a salad I've dressing. I've literally been and, thinking um, of
2: a chimichurri this entire time. How strange! Like in yeah, years. yeah, yeah.
0: We did that for the Bon Appetit cookbook. It's, it, it really works. It, it works in there, and it elevates um, the recipe, and it complements all the other flavors.
2: Yeah. Um, I, exactly I, when I,
0: I cook for desserts, cool. I really like to cook with uh, ice water hash or, or some kind of oh, yeah, yeah. extracted cannabis. Um, this works. The flavor works way better.
2: Hmm. Well, that's cool. Yeah, I'm kind of the same way, and I think most people we discuss with, it's it's kind of like you want a little bit there, so you know it's there. Because then if it's not there, you're always kind of questioning yourself for like 45 minutes or so until you finally start feeling something. You're like, okay, yep, it was infused. And then other times, you're right that sometimes you don't want that flavor, I guess, and you just want, want to consume, I guess. And yeah, I mean, different strokes for different folks, and we are very grateful that we can have that choice now And in, in 2020, I guess.
1: Well I think it's cool, we just actually want a magic butter machine which we haven't unveiled and used yet. but I think it's cool that you know there's companies that are offering these things to make it easier for you to actually create these edibles at home. Because um, I know a couple of years ago I did that whole process you know without you know magic butter and it was an all day affair, you know yeah, figuring out the decarbonization and then going through the whole thing and it was a whole process. So I'm assuming the magic butter makes that much easier. Um, so that's pretty cool that that's becoming more mainstream.
0: Yeah, yeah, those, those kind of devices are super handy, especially if you make a lot of edibles or if you're serving as a caregiver for medical patients, um, That it, it is very, very helpful. There's also something called the Ardent, which does the decarb step for you. Um, so yeah, there's, there's more resources out there than ever before. Um, I also want people to realize that like, they don't have to buy a lot of special gear if they don't want to, or if it's not in their budget um, you can always make do with a crock pot, and um, those are pretty affordable and easy to find secondhand. And one of my favorite projects that I did while I was at High Times was we did something called the Ultimate Can of Butter Experiment, and this was in 2015, and we took the same starting material, and we used the same kind of butter, and we made can of butter using four different methods, and then we took everything to the lab and had it tested to see if we could determine, you know, which method was more efficient than the others. And it was really interesting and it was really fun. And uh, that kind of like edible myth busting is something (laughs) that I like to do, um, especially because in my career at high times, I'd frequently be at events and um, talk to a lot of old hippies and a lot of people who would come up and tell me, oh, well, my can of butter recipe is the best recipe and i make it under a full moon and i simmer it for 24 (laughs) hours and i stir it every 15 minutes and you add water (laughs) a little bit at a time constantly and like like all these like laborious like you know (laughs) methods um so yeah it was fun to experiment and to to try to determine you know, is there really a, a best method? I feel like it's like lasagna. You know, like everybody's got their own spin yeah. on lasagna. Right. And, um, you know, whatever works for you or whatever makes you happy, whatever suits your lifestyle, uh, there's a way to infuse cannabis into it.
2: That was pretty cool. Yeah, I know, you know, you've probably seen some stuff. I can't imagine if you started at High Times in, in 2002 and uh, everything you've seen kind of changed since then is, is probably pretty incredible, but there's definitely some. Some things that'll never change and that's how people have been making butter. they've been growing cannabis. There's some people that have just like found their niche and you're totally right. They're just gonna keep doing it that way and it serves them right. So if it ain't broke, don't fix it. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. That's cool. So yeah, if you're listening and you have a, a creative way of, of creating your edibles or however you cook it, share with us. Tell us how you do it. Yeah. We'd be curious. Maybe maybe Lucy and I are, are missing a step or maybe we're working too hard. <laughs> so tell us how to tell us how you do it. It'd be fun.
1: Yeah. check out the bong appetit cookbook. Uh, does that go hand in hand with the TV show as well? Vices? Yes. Okay. Yeah. So
0: I, I, worked with the editors at vice munchies, um, to write that book and that came out in 2018. And, uh, my husband was a producer on bong appetit when it was a web series. So nice. I oh, cool. was, I was in pretty good with the bong appetit, uh, you know, friends and family. And we actually, uh, we got to go eat dinner with them and, and be on the show for the Halloween episode uh, one year. So that was a lot
1: of fun.
2: That is pretty cool. And we'll have
1: to go back and find that episode. That's <laughs> yeah, great. <laughs> that's
2: pretty awesome. No, yeah, Lucy and I are big fans. We could always watch that and get really inspired. And
1: They always have so much fun. They're just so relaxed, getting high, like having cool. a great time.
2: Yeah, it was cool to see all the different cuisines and, and different dishes. And you're right. I think the savory stuff kind of threw you off. But then once you people start working with it and you understand the taste and the flavor and everything that goes into it savory does make sense it totally makes sense with cannabis and i think in one of the episodes they talk about it distinctly or or somewhere they talk about it how it's kind of like a bitter bitter taste and you have to you have to work with cannabis to try to mask it if you're trying to mask it not try to work against it because then it's just going to be something overpowered and two overpowering things and we've learned a lot to say the least
0: (laughs) Yeah. And I think what was so interesting about that show is that it really just crystallized this idea of a cannabis culinary movement. And it showed how versatile cannabis is as an ingredient and just like all the different like nuance that you can get into. Um, So I I found that to be just a really rewarding experience. And I think what's interesting now and where I think that we're going to go, you know, hopefully in the next five to 10 years is that we'll be able to use hash a lot more, and it'll be more affordable to use as sort of like a basic ingredient for infusions. In fact, I know one chef, uh, Jessica Catalano, she just puts, you know, keef into a salt shaker and just kind of adds it to everything. (laughs) And and that's a great way to infuse your food and to think of, uh, to think of hash as a seasoning, really. That's hilarious. I have
2: never thought about that. (laughs) See, we just just keep learning new things. Put it on the table. Yeah.
1: Well, let's switch gears a little bit. So we just talked about, you know, if you have the ability to make an infused edible at home, that's great. Let's switch to if you're buying from a dispensary, is there anything specific you would look for when you're shopping for edibles?
0: Sure. I mean, it really depends on what you're looking for and the kind of experience that you want to achieve. And so what's been trendy the last couple of years as California has, you know, transitioned into a regulated market? is the idea of microdosing. And that's what we do at uh, Satori Chocolates. You know, we make chocolate covered almonds and strawberries and blueberries. And each piece is a very small amount of THC so that it's comfortable for people who are new to using cannabis to start with a microdose. And that's the biggest difference from how the market used to be when it was unregulated was that you would just get products that said Two acts strength. <laughs> yeah. And like, yeah, exactly. What does that mean? You know, what are you multiplying there? Um, so <laughs> that's very important to have a standardized dose and to help people have a good experience the first time. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, if someone's new shopping at a dispensary, I would say ask the bud tender, get a nice consultation, and like pick a product that is something that you would normally snack on in its uninfused form, and try it with a little bit of cannabis in it. Um, my, my personal favorite snack is a uh, chocolate covered almond. So yeah. when I started working for Satori, I mean, that's why I was interested in working there because it was one of the few edibles that like I would actually go into a dispensary and buy, you know, it's like I'm lucky enough to be in the industry and to have a lot of things gifted to me. But um, the Satori products were always a personal favorite of mine.
1: They're gorgeous. They're packaging. Um, I have a friend, Lindsay. I think she used to work for High Times as well. Uh, she's always putting her on Instagram, the Satori brand, and it's gorgeous. And and microdosing is great, especially for edibles. I mean, I mean five milligrams, you don't really think that that's very much. But honestly, for me, like five milligrams is too much like I am good at five milligrams so even those 2.5 milligram little pieces are are great and it's really good for people who are just starting to consume because you're not scared of it then you know if you take a 10 milligram piece of chocolate and you know you're on your ass for the rest of the night and like you're still kind of groggy in the morning that might turn you off from cannabis so I think that's a really great way for people to start consuming and maybe that's another reason why people are turning to edibles during COVID is hopefully maybe they're starting at these low doses and they're realizing that cannabis is really accessible to them
0: yeah I think we're seeing a lot of people trying it for the first time during this experience Um, it's certainly been interesting to see people look for things that are you know not uh, inhalable looking for more ingestible options Um, so yeah we're just trying to put really good reliable products out there that um, that people can come back to again and again and get a predictable experience that's always going to work for them.
2: Yeah, I think if we were having this conversation, you know, three years ago and discussing edibles and infused products, I think, you know, what you said, a a replicatable, a a dependable experience, that was something that consumers were not getting from products. And I think edibles initially got a a bad rap. And I know when I first came in the industry in 2015, edibles were getting a bad rap of people trying to claim people were overdosing on edibles and taking too much and jumping out windows and, Mm -hmm some crazy stuff and i think that really made people you know the psa started the change of you know uh, start low and go slow that came out and i think there's been a ton of education really this came out in the last two years or so about microdosing and and dosing in general and educating people besides just those 2x symbols and 1x and 3x and cbd and thc or one-to-one and all these different things without you know a quantitative you know value attached to it or even just people understanding that quantitative value so I think seeing companies like, you know, Canna Craft and Satori come out and, and work on their packaging really well to where people can easily digest that information, understand what they're taking. And then two go a step further. I mean, I'm looking at the sweet and salty infused almonds right now. There's 16 servings and, you would love and few, I know I'm the same as, as you, at least I love uh, chocolate covered almonds. It's so great. Too much <laughs> every single night, the <laughs> handful, every single night. And I, I say a handful because it's a handful. And so if I'm going to go enjoy a cannabis edible or an infused edible or a piece of chocolate or something, I try to have self-control. I really do. But, you know, one piece of chocolate, 10 milligrams, like Lucy says, will just knock me on my butt. And it's really hard to just have, you know, one piece of chocolate or, or feel like you're having a a comparable experience from one piece of chocolate or one gummy and, it's like, well, who wants to practice self-control when you're trying to indulge? Yeah. And so I think Yeah. Yeah. Think, Always
0: get some regular chocolate, too. <laughs> right. Yeah, you have to. That's yeah. what makes it tough. So
2: I love the companies and like Satori coming out and I'm even looking at the sweet and salty almonds, the CBD sweet and salty almonds, and there's 24 pieces or 24 servings and I think that's great because it it allows you to to indulge and I mean you're eating a snack and then at the same time you're you're trying to, you know, get somewhere, get something out of it, some relief or something and And you should be able to have both and have a controlled and replicatable experience. And, you know, I think you guys have really done a great job and I think they're, they're great to have somebody like yourself who understands edibles and confections and everything to, to kind of stand behind it. I mean, there's, there's not a lot that tops nearly 20 years of experience in In cannabis (laughs) in cannabis and and in edibles. Yeah. So we've come a long Um, way.
0: Thank you. Thank you so much. I mean, that's also one of the reasons why we introduced the, um, the CBD rich one-to-one blueberries, you know, that has the equal amount of, of THC and CBD. And that's my personal favorite ratio. And I also think that's really good for people who are trying it for the first time is look for products that include some CBD in there as well. And uh, you'll notice that it sort of takes the edge off of the THC and it can make it easier, you know, for people who are worried about getting too high.
1: Absolutely. And that, that was my question. I don't know much about like the technology of how this all works. So if the product is infused a different way or using a different like oil base, will that make your experience different? Because I feel like sometimes we'll have an ed- edible and it's like super racy. Or sometimes, you know, you're just you're, like completely sleepy. And I know that's the sativa, you know, indica, but does it have to do with the technology and how it's infused as well?
0: There's a lot of different variables about why people might feel differently after consuming edibles, for sure. Um, the the starting material itself, the cannabinoid profile of the plants that they're using to make the infusion, I'm sure that can play into it as well. I think that the sativa indica dichotomy is not as reliable or, or as scientifically accurate as as people used to think. Like that's one of those things that's like old hippie legend and lore that has sort of been disproven at this point but people are getting different effects even if it's psychosomatic i mean Mm -hmm. there are people who swear by sativas so if it's not the factor of the genetics of the plant it's the terpene profile i mean there's something else going on in there that are giving people these different effects but yeah the infusion method can make a big difference if you're using flour and infusing straight into butter Versus uh, making an extraction, making a distillate, and then infusing it into the chocolate like we do, Mm -hmm. Um, that will definitely give you different effects as well as, you know, what else have you eaten that day? Um, Mm. Are you hydrated? Um, Consuming cannabis on an empty stomach will give you a vastly different and more intense experience versus um, ingesting cannabis, like after you've had a big meal. That really plays into it a lot.
2: That's interesting. Yeah, I mean, geez everybody's going to have a different experience I feel like at that point yeah and I do feel different between like uh you know like like chocolate you mentioned earlier you know chocolate plays a big part in the solubility and you always I can go notice. to chocolate I always go to chocolates because I feel like it's a better experience versus like uh like gummies I guess to me gummies are more of like an intense experience I feel like it's not as controlled or I don't feel as good but I feel like chocolate just helps you like ease into it I don't know there's a lot of a lot of interesting stuff with edibles, <laughs> <laughs> to say the least.
1: Cool. Well, so, yeah, the
0: sugar the sugar will definitely make you feel higher faster. Oh, I think that's sugar. why a lot of people like gummies. Versus, um, I just don't eat a lot of candy. Like that's mm-hmm. just not to my taste all the time. So I, I do enjoy the chocolate. And as a product, um, it's easy to homogenize. So you can spread out the cannabinoids evenly throughout the product. Um, oh, true. Hmm it has an advantage over something like a baked good where the butter might be like unevenly distributed throughout the baked good. So one chunk might be stronger than the other chunk. Um, but yeah, chocolate and cannabis, they have really nice synergy together.
2: Interesting. I could, I love it. I'm a big fan of both.
1: (laughs) Well, let's um, wrap up. I know CannaCraft, they make over 200 different products in California. So maybe do you want to explain to us a little bit more about what you guys do and maybe some of your other favorites?
0: Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Um, CannaCraft is a company that I had long admired um, as being in the industry and knowing the people behind it, they really pioneered uh, CBD and CBD ratios. They were very, very, very ahead of the curve when it comes to CBD so much so that they have the URL cbd.org. Oh, nice. (laughs) And their flagship brand is uh, Care by Design, which they do all kinds of tinctures and capsules, and now they do gummies with the different CBD ratios as well. And uh, ABX is the vape pen company. They also do live resin and all different kinds of concentrates and extracts. And then, yeah, we have Satori and we also do um, the hi fi drink in collaboration with Lagunitas. And that's become a leading beverage. Mm-hmm. So it's really a fun place. And I admire their authenticity. And I, I felt really good about working there. You know, it's a lot of really great people. And it's like, a, it's almost like the Willy Wonka chocolate factory. <laughs> like when you're walking in there every day, there's always just interesting smells and a lot of interesting things uh, going on. And uh, yeah, I, I really enjoy working there. That's fun.
2: That's fun, yeah. Yeah, they've been on a radar for a while and I know um, you know, I've drinking Lagunitas a few yeah. times and I think I'm gonna have to give this Hi Fi hops a try because that sounds great and I think, you know, really Cantercraft's position itself well where they can they can bring all these different parts, you know, to the piece together and really I think, you know, it's it's when they're all together is when that's when you're gonna have, you know, the most fun with it and, and really have a, a big picture view of you know, everybody and the consumers and what everybody wants and the people who are part of it, the farmers, you know, I'm seeing this thing on here, like the farmers and the felons and
1: yeah, I like that brand. The farmer and the felon that's cannabis
2: amazing. co that's got a great story behind it. And I think, you know, in the care by design hemp, it's all great stuff. And I think just being able to be in all these different areas of cannabis gives you a really unique perspective as a company to where you can start, you know, helping people in different areas where, whereas if, you know, if it was only Satori chocolates or something, it's going to be hard to know that, Um, you know cannabis farmers are you know struggling or or maybe need a little help or that you know felons need you know a place to to talk about their brands from being in the black market to moving to a legal brand and i think Cannacraft it's a great company really and i think you've landed in a great spot and i think Cannacraft, on the other hand is is in good hands with you and it sounds like you know you've had a a great career and you know what's next for you at least what's any any big plans on the radar and anything you want to try to accomplish (laughs)
0: Um, I would just be happy to be able to safely leave my house again, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> yes. There you go. Likewise. Um, yeah. <laughs> I'm hopeful that in the next six months, uh, the situation will be improving and we can look forward to a more normal season of events, hopefully next summer. Um, I, I have done a lot of event work in the past, so it's definitely a bummer to uh, have to cancel everything for a year. Um, but yeah, as far as what's on the horizon, we're just going to keep doing a lot of foundational brand work and launch some new brands and develop new products. And that's really what drives me is, is being able to be innovative and work with a world class team of PhD scientists and our chef, uh, Matt Kolzicki, who's, uh, from the fine dining world. Um, so I'm learning a lot and I, I really just, uh, I look forward to what will we're going to be able to accomplish um next year yeah
2: that's awesome that is exciting yeah and i know we looked forward to seeing what's next for cannon craft and, and Elise, and uh you know seeing what everything that's that's came through so far i think mm-hmm. you guys will find some interesting different ways to pivot and, and kind of create something out of nothing here in the next year if if nothing else changes but i think uh we'll get the virus under a wrap hopefully in the next year and and everybody can kind of move forward in our new normal and and still continue consuming cannabis and their preferred methods. And we'll all be happy. (laughs) (laughs) We can all, we can all hope, right? Mm
0: -hmm, Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. yeah. I mean, I'm trying to find some bright side to it. And I I do think it's a opportunity for some really transformational changes in our society that are long overdue. And I hope that we come out of this, um, just, you know, treating people better and trying to make the world a more fair and equitable place.
1: Absolutely.
2: Yep. Absolutely. Yeah. We totally agree.
1: All right. Well, thank you, Elise. Um I think tonight, you know, we might be finding that Bong Appetite episode and maybe indulging in an edible and see where we go from <laughs> yeah, there. <it> is, yeah. <laughs> Sounds like it might be appropriate. But either way, um, thank you so much for being on the show. Uh, you can find Elise. she has her own website and you can check her out the Bong Appetit cookbook as well as the High Times cookbooks and check out Cannacraft as well. If you're in California, find some of their brands in your local dispensary.
2: For sure. yeah, thank you again for taking the time to talk with us and, and we like we mentioned here a few times, mm-hmm. we look forward to uh, to what's next for you and, and be sure to uh, be sure to check with us and and uh, tell us what you're up to. We're excited.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, thank you for having me. And if, if any listeners have any questions about edible recipes or infusion techniques, you can always reach out to me on Twitter or Instagram, and I'm happy to answer people's questions.
1: Awesome. Thank you so much, Elise. Mm-hmm. Yep, thank you. Yeah, thank you. Have a great day. All right, you guys. With that, I'm Liz. I'm Lucid. And that's it.
2: Laters.